Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful. If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. Okay, well, I'm going to start recording just okay. in case some, some good tips happen right now. Just get loose with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I should also preface this with the fact that I have not listened to any of the prior episodes. Oh, that's so good. I'm in, I don't know what type of pod I'm getting into, but... That's better. Maybe this will be okay. different than the other ones. Do you have that. intro segments? Do you have things that, like... Are there parts that I should know about or no? No. Uh, like, there's, like, an intro, like, where I'm like, hey, welcome to the thing. Like, welcome okay. to the podcast. Okay. But that's the same for each one. Like, I just copy and paste that in oh, okay, before. Okay. Ooh, and then, you're not doing you're not doing new pre-rolls every time. No, no. Okay, interesting. Um, you're like, it's early days, Charlotte. <laughs> yes, yeah, early days. I, I got my first sponsor on the last episode. Actually? Yeah. Wait, what was yeah. it? Um, it's an app, like a habit-built like tracker app. Wait, it was, like, it was sincerely, like... They so, paid you? Well, <laughs> uh, was it pro bono? No, no, no. So, <laughs> like, I came across the app a few weeks ago and really liked it. Yeah. Oh, and you wanted a free membership. Yeah, I wanted a free oh. paid membership. So <laughs> they're like, I'll put you on my illustrious <laughs> yeah. huge yeah, exactly. podcast. Yeah. If you guys, I'll, I'll do an ad read for you if you give me a free membership. And they're like, Yeah, man, whatever. Yeah, and they said anyone who joins like with a paid membership, I'll get a cut of it. Okay. So, you know, like. 30 listeners an episode times, you know, probably like... Probably all of them are going to take it. All of them it. are going to take it, of course. You'll probably get a 100% take rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah, I usually just jump into the, the first question. Okay, also, yeah. um, I have... Uh, I have a word of the day app that I just started downloading and I got a notification for it when I was in the washroom before we started this. So okay. I thought maybe it'd be fun to start with a word of the day. <laughs> sure, let's do it. What's the <laughs> okay. word of the day? So also this app is called, I don't know what it's called. Um, I think, word of the I day. I think it's just called word of the day, but there's a couple. Okay. But anyways, this one amalgamates words of the day from multiple dictionaries. So you don't have to accept the curation of just one dictionary. There's a few words that you can select from. And I was reading this article and it said that, uh, 
you know, you could, you could feasibly absorb up to like three new words every day. So, um, if you want to like max your capacity on learning new words, um, so you have three words. Yeah, there's three, but there's really only like two of them are shy and down tick, which I'm like, that's not really expanding my vocabulary. Um, Oh. Like the word, like just shy. Yeah, like I was shy. like, that's a three-letter word. Like we can, like if we're playing Scrabble, like that's not. I've seen these before, <laughs> and usually they're the most. Yeah, but then the one that I, the one that I was like, ooh, it's a new one. I don't know that one is M Bon Point. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's spelled E M B O N P O I N T, and the definition of that is the bodily property of being well-rounded. Um, synonyms are plumpness and roundness and usage, uh, like, a using it in a sentence, it's, he had the lavish and bomb point of a pig. Okay. So word of the day. Isn't that fun? Yeah. It's so fun. That's a good word. Have you been doing this for a while? No, I downloaded it like three days ago. Oh. I was like, I had downloaded Goodreads, um, and was like, oh, I should like track my reading in 2020. Um, you can use the everyday app. What's that? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. oh, sorry, the everyday app, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, uh, I guess yes, yes, long-time user. Uh, but, <laughs> but yes, I was like, okay, I'm really obviously not going to meet these reading goals, so I'm like, at the very least, I could try and ultimately one of the benefits of reading is that you have a more uh, broad vocabulary with which to express yourself. So it's like, if I'm not going to be meeting my reading targets, which I realistically will not, <laughs> uh, and they're low, it's like 10 books for the whole year. <laughs> um, but I'm like, if I'm not going to do that, the bare minimum that I can do is at least try and learn some new words. So now we know in bond, in, in bond point. Nice. Yeah. So you've already given up on your reading goals. I haven't given up. I'm just like, I'm figuring out other ways to enrich my life that don't require me to read full books because I just get tired and I want to scroll Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So yeah, that's, that's me so far. Anyways. (laughs) Okay, Charlotte. Great intro. I'm going to, I'm going to jump into the question. Okay. So. The question you selected was, what laws or regulations should be introduced, changed, or removed in order to make the world better? Yes. I have lots of thoughts. Okay. Please, um, please go. I, I didn't uh, prepare a ton of stuff. Um, however, I do have thoughts. And I would like to know uh, if you want me to start talking about Bernie Spears right now or if you want me to hold that off. I want you to start talking about whatever you want to start talking about. <laughs> okay. And I feel like Brittany is what you really want to talk in, about? In my heart of hearts, yes. Yeah. Um, and I'll explain why this is topical for the listeners uh, this week, because actually uh, this week uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 21st of January. On Wednesday, the 22nd of January, there is a hearing for the state of Miss Brittany Jean Spears' conservatorship. Oh, wow. So... The, the law or the thing that, it needs to be cha- that needs to be changed and... I will be blatantly honest. I don't know what the laws are for uh, conservatorships in Canada. Don't worry. I read the Wikipedia page. I skimmed it, like, just before this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is there, is there conservatorships in Canada or no? Oh, no. I didn't I didn't come across that. Okay. You were just... Uh, you were I just wanted to understand... Wiki? No, I, oh. no. Conservator, conservatorship? In general. I wanted to understand what it was. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah. So, uh, I'll let you explain it. Yeah, my understanding is it's like essentially 
um, designating like a legal guardian for someone. Yeah. That's another term for it. Yeah. When guardianship, yeah. Guardianship for someone when they're deemed incapable of of, doing so. Yes. Of making their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you summed it up. Uh, much more succinctly than I would have, and and like what what has happened um, over time, and like Britney Spears is just like um, an example that really crystallizes the problem with conservatorship, um, and she's someone famous that everyone knows, and you're like, how the fuck is this happening? But are we allowed to swear on this? Podcast? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she's an example of someone uh, that we all know about. But like this has been happening for years, um, and to lots of people. And really, what this Britney case should be doing, and we can talk about why the media isn't properly covering it later. <laughs> um, but what it should be doing is bringing this issue to light, and it's a real like case study on the issue, and a very rich case study at that. Um, so, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so typically people that are supposed to be under conservatorships are people that are like, or typically people that are under conservatorships are people that are like extremely elderly or extremely mentally ill. And they are people that under no capacity, like are able to provide themselves, are able to feed, clothe and provide shelter for themselves. Um, so Basically, Brittany was placed under a conservatorship in 2007. Um, and, like, I think commonly people, you know, know that Brittany had a quote-unquote meltdown in 2007, which, like, we can unpack that. Basically, like, if you think about, if you think about, like, the way we as a society have, like, evolved in the way that we talk about mental health issues uh, since 2007 and now, like, so over the last, like, 12, 13 years, like... What happened to her would truly never happen in in today's day and age. Let me let me know if I if I'm wrong in my yeah. assessment. I didn't yeah. I didn't know the background. You probably know it a lot better. And, the, reading- and also, I should preface this with like I am not like a huge Britney stan. Like was not until I started listening to the podcast Britney's Gram, and that is why I know about this topic in greater detail. So if you're listening, if you're wanting a great podcast Shout to listen to, Britney's, to Gram. Britney's Gram, start at like episode seventy one or seventy two. That will give you kind of like enough context leading into episode seventy five, which is their real like bombshell <laughs> episode. It's. Because I've had to explain this to so many people. So there are 75 episodes about this issue? No, 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 no. no. So it it originally was just a podcast to, like, you know, poke fun and enjoy Britney Spears' Instagram account. Because the way that she posts on Instagram is very different than any other celebrity. Like, she posts as if she is just, like, a regular mom from Louisiana, even though she is Britney Spears and she's so famous. Um, And so it, it was just really funny how uncurated and authentic her account was. And so that's why the podcast started. And it was like, it's these two comedians, uh, Tess Barker and Barbara Gray, who are like fans of Britney, love Britney. And they were poking fun at her, but like all in good fun, not in any sort of uh, like uh, mean or malicious way. And so it was a lot of fun. And then things started getting more and more serious as more and more started coming to light about this conservatorship. And it kind of came to a head with the cancellation of her 
she had done a residency in Vegas that ended at the end of 2018, and then she was supposed to start a new residency in Vegas. What's a residency? Residency in Vegas is, like, you do a show, you do, like, five shows a week, and it's the same show every time, and then, like, when, you know, like, you know, when you go to Vegas and you hear about people being, like, oh, I'm going to see Celine Dion in Vegas, like, she has a residency in Vegas right now. Um, So, yeah, so Brittany was supposed to start a second residency in Vegas, and then it got canceled, and so that's why... Uh, that, that that's when they started digging deeper into this conservatorship. They'd always known that it was in place. They always poked fun about it a little bit on the podcast, but then they started digging deeper into it, and then they got a tip uh, from someone that had formerly worked as a paralegal or a legal assistant at the law office that handles Britney's conservatorship, and he kind of pulled back the curtain on a lot of things that they were saying were inconsistencies in the story and that were, you know, frankly fucked up about this whole situation. And he kind of like validated to them all this. So then they launched this whole like free Britney campaign and yeah. Okay. So we can, so all we can, of that said we can, yeah. And like, that's just uh, background information. We can talk about conservatorship specifically. Yeah. yeah. We'll unpack Britney's yeah. story, her yeah. unique situation, but in terms of what you would, what you think should be changed around conservative, Ships. I think that there should just be more oversight on them because basically when you get assigned, like when you get assigned to a conservatorship there, like, I think that there should be a lot more oversight onto like who gets approved for them. Like who, like who actually gets their rights taken away because that is what happens. Like, like Britney Spears cannot vote. She cannot like drive. Like, there's so many things that she cannot do or make decisions for herself. She cannot leave the country without the permission of her conservatorship. So when you get this thing put in place, it is uh, extremely restrictive. And then once it's in place, it's extremely difficult to get out of. And the reason for that is... Um, Basically, you get a court-appointed lawyer who is supposed to be looking out for your best interests and constantly questioning whether or not this conservatorship should be in place. And um, what happens, though, is that the conservator and the court-appointed lawyer both get paid a salary for doing their jobs. And the salary is paid like out with the money. estate of yeah. the p- person that is being con- conserved, the conservatory. So in this case, Britney Spears, um, the people that are her conservators, um, are getting paid a salary from the Bank of Britney, and so is this lawyer that is supposed to be overseeing her conservatorship. So the person, like the lawyer who's supposed to be looking out for her... They have no incentive to do right, so. Right, right. Um, so... So one question on, on the Britney specifically. Yeah. I was looking into it, and it doesn't seem like she, from what I saw, she's not asking to be freed from this thing. So, like, I think, like, I think there's a, there's a big breakdown in, like, what gets, there's probably tons of stuff happening behind the scenes, and there is, like, and Brittany's grant does a much better job of breaking it down, but there was, like, a period during when, so the conservatorship, when it first started for Britney Spears, um, which, like, again, you know, when she had her quote-unquote meltdown, shaved her head, like, hit the paparazzi with an umbrella because they were just, like, relentlessly not leaving her alone. And she was, like, a young woman. Like, she was, like, our age now, like, 24, 25, already had two children, like, had separated from her husband, like, by all accounts, was going through a rough time. The things I saw, the article that I read earlier today, quote about her meltdown, yeah. was the shaved head, yeah, uh, driving with one of her kids like in her in lap. In her lap, yeah. Um, Classic. Putting on like a British accent or something okay. once. And I mean, then one of them was, doing that. was getting like stretchered out 
of like some UCLA hospital. Yeah, or something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so like basically what was happening was during that whole process, she had just, and I don't want to like quote or say that I know a ton about this, but like there is a very uh, conscious, I think, a conscious effort um, on how she is portrayed and continues to be portrayed as someone that was quote unquote crazy and like continuing to pray, portray her in that way helps the case of the conservators um, who ultimately like manage all of her relations with the media in justifying their positions and like continuing to be able to like yield all this power over her and like basically like frankly like leech money off of her and make a living off of her so i might have cut you off but what were you gonna what were you gonna say in in response to like it doesn't seem like she's asking to be freed from this thing oh so i think that like she probably like i i think she probably has made attempts and like in 2009 so originally the conservatorship was put in place as like a temporary Uh, thing and it was only supposed to uh be in place for a couple of years and so like 2009 i think was when it was first supposed to be uh you know taken off um and then they didn't like they just extended it and so um you know there was like rumors that she had had a little bit of another like mental break just because like imagine like, i think we all would like imagine being like great like i'm gonna be free again like whatever and then they just are like no pull the rug straight under you like i would freak out um so yeah and like how demoralizing that would be that you just like literally are trapped in your own life um the foreshadowing of the song lucky is like insane uh is that one of her songs <laughs> one of britney's songs yeah where it's like anyways if you, you you don't know it I'll but put it, I'll put yeah it if people yeah, put, put a clip in, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. for those that don't know the <laughs> seminal timeless britney song lucky we'll, we'll add a clip in in post is it one of her hits it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. i must know it then you'll you would know it to hear it it's the one where it's like she's so lucky <laughs> she's a star the, we'll, we'll, you we'll would, play it quickly. You would know. Oh, okay, we'll we're play gonna play a little bit. Of it. Okay, okay. You absolutely know it. This is a story about a girl named Lucky. Early morning, she wakes up I'm shocked that you don't know it just from that line. No, I don't know this song. It does have 111 million. Yeah, so like I probably should know it. <laughs> yeah, it's not uncommon. Okay. Um, Hopefully, I didn't violate any copyright things just there. But that's okay. This is a huge I don't podcast. Think, I don't They're think gonna anyone's going to. They're going to find out. They're going to. Britney's people are going to be banging on our Um It's okay. She can't do anything about it. Poor Britney. Free Britney. Um, but, anyways, so uh, where were we going with this? Oh, so, like, I, I think she has tried to get out of it. I think those uh, attempts have been squashed. Um, and any news of them has been not shared to the media who like in the Britney Instagram podcast, like it becomes very clear that, uh, TMZ is kind of in the pocket of her conservators and not necessarily the truth. This may be astounding for people to hear, but TMZ may not be, may not have the same level of journalistic integrity that other outlets might have. Um, but unfortunately TMZ is usually the one responsible for breaking this type of celebrity news. So, um, yeah. Uh, sort of, sort of off topic, but I thought of it 
when you started talking about the issue with conservatorships and the yes. conflict of interest. Yes. So, um, curious if you have thoughts. I was thinking once about like dentists and like therapists and like yeah. professions that yeah. also have conflict of yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting too. Um, I don't know what my question is, but like, I don't know how you solve for that. Yeah, how do you regulate to ensure that like a dentist is actually? I think you like yeah. I don't know because well, they're incentive to have they're incentive to have you come back. Absolutely. Which means you know like first of all they might fill cavities that you don't need to or I I don't know. But yeah. I mean, well, I think though, like dentists like are part of like a like some sort of a. A guild or whatever. Like I, I'm not. I'm well, they're, not coming they're up with the private, right, right? Like they. But they, but they like. I think if you were able to prove that they, I think I don't know the laws, but I think that if you were able to prove that they had made you unnecessarily purchase services from them, they could probably have their like dentist like dental license like stripped or something. Totally. Right. It might, it might but, be hard to prove. Oh, I'm sure it'd be hard to prove. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the one thing that maybe you know living in. 2020 makes like holds people a little bit more accountable is like online reviews of places like before you go to a dentist if you've never been to them before like i i can't speak to the dentist situation that well because i've been going to the same dentist truly my entire life um and i do feel like i'm like he doesn't try to sell stuff that i don't need um but if you were looking for a new dentist you could at least read reviews and there's a little bit of a check and balance with just like online reviews existing. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. And then also I feel like a lot of the times the way that dentists get clients because like none of them would have like a big, like above the line marketing spend is probably through referrals of like other people. So I think that like, at least in that instance, like some, some part of like the nature of their business relies on them being ethical. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I do think that that also is something that, like, probably requires more regulation. Right. Well, we're... Do you want to continue on conservatorships or... If you want, yeah. I mean... We, we can, or I know you said you might have, like... Oh, other, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, 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 you know, thing that I will say on conservatorships to make sure that we round out the Britney situation is that... <laughs> um, like conservatorships, there's a conflict of interest um, of who gets put in them. And then once you are in the conservatorship, it's extremely hard to get out of it. And the reason for that is in order to get out of a conservatorship, like if you don't feel like your court appointed lawyer is like really on your side, you as a conservatory are not like conservatory yeah you as the conservatory so you as britney spears can't go and hire another lawyer to go do this for you because you're not legally like allowed to like you're not legally a decision maker yeah so So, it seems like you should have the ability to do that or yeah exactly like and so um what has come to light recently is that they were able to and i don't even entirely know how this came about like i know that britney's mom got involved um because britney's mom is not one of the conservators oh, and the other it's her thing dad, or it's her dad, dad manages her yeah son. it's her dad it, so her dad is like the main conservator so there's two types of conservatorship there's legal and financial and so her dad is like her legal conservator so like 
is in charge of her person. Uh, and then there's the like financial and they're in charge of, you know, the dollars and cents of the situation. Um, and so like both of those people are getting a salary, by the way, a handsome salary for doing whatever job that is. Um, but, uh, where is it going with this? Hmm, just dead air uh. <laughs> for the listeners, for all of the listeners. Um, there's two types of conservators, the person and the legal part, um, or sorry, person and financial, um, Oh, so what What I also think should be the case is, like, there there needs to be more vetting of who becomes conservators. Because, like, Britney Spears' dad, like, prior to being her conservatorship, like, they were not in communication with each other. Like, she was not on good terms with him. And... Uh, and he is like a known alcoholic. And, like, all of, the, all of these other things. I'm like, you should have to pass, like, a robust police check. Um, in order to be someone's, like, to be someone else's decision maker. Like, if you need to be a, if you are being deemed as a decision maker for someone else, you should be proven as a better decision maker. And I don't know that that's the case. Um, and the other thing that's, like, insane about the Brainy situation is, like, you know, as we, they, like, they should be continued to be reviewed, and this le- this court-appointed lawyer is supposed to be doing that, but clearly, that, like, there's the conflict of interest, and that's why this is still in place, because if Britney Spears was not able to uh, clothe, feed, or house herself, then there's no way that she would have been able to, over the last, like, period that this conservatorship has been in place, like, release multiple albums, like, go on world tours, yeah, like, do residencies, like, like all of these things would point to the fact that she is sound of mind to manage her own decisions. At least, in, like, if I'm allowed to manage my own decisions and, like, not do laundry for two weeks and, like, <laughs> be really bad at throwing out old groceries and having, like, science projects living in my fridge... But, like, Britney Spears is able to go and do all of that. Like, she should certainly be allowed to make her own decisions about, like, what she wants to buy from Target that day. And, like, all of her purchases get, like, vetted. Yeah, it it seems like it should be revisited more frequently or, like, there should be trial periods where she gets, like, a break and they see how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems odd. Yeah, and... To your point, this... I don't know. It seems unlikely that the system's just broken for her, right? This must be the case for other people too. Yeah, yeah. There's and like it through the, through this podcast, the people making the podcast um, have started like speaking to other people that have been victims of like guardianship and conservatorship abuse because it happens all the time. Um, yeah. At first, you, were, you said through this podcast, and I thought you were talking about mine. I was like, I'm doing all this stuff? <laughs> You're doing great work, Adam. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're really helping. <laughs> You're really helping out. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all I'll say about Bernie Spears, lest I bore everyone to tears. But if you want to learn more, I have links that I'll provide to Adam. I mean, can... if, whoever is still listening at this point must be interested in Britney. Yeah. Or Otherwise, they checked out. They're just rooting for her. But yeah, or they're a very good friend of yours, and they're like, "We'll hear this girl out." But like, <laughs> I'm here for Adam. <laughs> um, yeah, but yes. Yeah. What, what was uh, 
completely unrelated yeah, yeah, yeah. law or idea you had that you mentioned to me like yesterday or whatever when we were talking oh okay yeah so i have other ideas um did, was it about walking and how people <laughs> should have to walk the way they drive someone in uh, someone in my Is second city or... class no, no no someone in my second city class mentioned this and i'm like yes i have felt this way my whole life like if you are a slow walker you should stay on the right allow the pa- there to be a passing lane i don't think that there should actually be laws about this but this should just be common practice yeah, these are yeah, I think it makes sense. I don't know how you actually enforce it. Yeah. You could you could give fines for like I, I don't know, like for escalators for instance, common practices right side you stand, yeah, so, left side you walk. Yes, but have you seen there's like all these articles that say that that's actually inefficient because then you're not like using the full space of the escalator, so you're actually not moving as many people as you could be moving. Because like So everyone t- should be standing? Everyone should be standing, but that assume I think though like that assumes that like the escalator has two people on each step, which like rarely happens. If you are like I'm never on an escalator that's that busy that is like fully full. That's you a, know? that's a hot take. But uh yeah, never like that's like that. I don't know, that's based on like sense. research that like yeah, I yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Okay. Makes sense. And then you no, the one you talked to me about before was it was recycling related or something? Oh, okay, yeah. So I have, like, a, the, all of my other ones are just, like, relating to recycling and packaging. Um, okay, so I think um, that, like, you, like, I don't know, you should just be, f- there should just be more regulations around recycling. Specifically, I feel like in condos, it's a real problem. I feel Recycling like and compost, right? In condos. <laughs> Sorry, recycling and compost. and compost in condos. Sure, yeah. I think, like, baseline is recycling, like, that's, let's get that rolling. I feel like we have had recycling programs in Canada and in Ontario for like, I don't know, forever, as long as I've been alive or as long as I've been conscious of it. Um, and I feel like condos aren't regulated. They're, yeah, they don't like the Apparently garbage. A lot of shoot. businesses too. Like they, they just don't, th- they don't recycle or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, if you think about like how many people now, especially, you know, with modernization and all of that stuff, like how many people live in condos and like also how many people sit in offices all day, like so much waste that shouldn't be going into landfills. It's going into landfills. And I don't know if you know this, there's like this thing that I learned recently where like, if you have food waste that is in with like garbage, um, it actually like the pressure of like being underneath all this other waste turns like makes like a pocket of like even more like CO2 or like methane, like in the trash. So like, it's actually harmful to not separate your trash properly. Yeah, Simon has some hot takes on this being like, I don't know if he says all recycling programs or just in small cities, but I think his take might be like, we shouldn't recycle. Recycling programs are bad overall. Um, Because people don't properly store. Like, okay, like, and he's saying that we should automate and like have someone else sort all the trash. Like we just put it in and they sort it. I think it was kind of just like, as the system as it stands is like not effective. So we and... should just stop trying. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That doesn't seem like the right I'll, attitude. I'll ask him about it later. <laughs> but it it was something like ninety percent of stuff that goes into recycling bin it can't actually be recycled because it's been contaminated with other stuff or like. Yeah, like you're apparently it's like 
there's like a certain percentage or less that you have to make sure that you've cleared out if there's like food. Like I think that that was something else. Like I also I don't know. I don't know if we're just not educating people properly about it. I think also like people like I grew up in a household where like my parents were like, yeah, we absolutely recycle. Like we rinse things out before we recycle them, like all these things. And then I moved in with people when I was in university where it was like, they were just putting like half full containers of sour cream in the recycling bin. And I was like, like, are you stupid? Like, like what's going on? And so I don't know. It seems like you would think that people in our generation know a lot more about recycling than what I actually see in practice. Like the other people that live in like the main floor of my house, I'm in the second floor apartment, the main floor in the basement apartments, like they are throwing quite truly everything in the trash. Like they don't have to. And I'm like, is it laziness? Is it like, that you guys don't know how to do this? Is it a combination of both? And, like, I think that there just honestly is not enough education and guilt out there (laughs) to make people feel bad. Because I'm like, I feel guilty about, like, truly everything that I put in the trash bin. Like, like, everything that I put in the trash bin, I'm like, can this be recycled? Like, I'm trying to salvage it and make it not as bad for the environment. (laughs) Do Do you think part of it is people feel like, oh, what do I make it? No, what do I make a difference? yeah. Maybe. Is that apathetic? What's apathetic? Yeah, like apathy of like, you know, if if this is even making a difference. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but so I can kind of maybe understand, not that it's the right thing to do, but yeah. I can understand why individuals sometimes might not recycle properly. Like I can understand their line of thinking, even if it's not right. But what I don't get is like big companies, like Amazon, for instance, annoys me because... There's get, plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. and even, even the pa- – so the cardboard boxes. I was looking recently, like whatever cardboard box you get your stuff in, it says on it, in order to recycle, please remove the plastic. The tape? The, the tape and please remove the shipping label, which okay. is taped on. Right. And I, it's like, I've no tried to remove made, it. It's you, really Like hard. you can't. Like it's just so difficult to so remove. So on. And it's like you're a massive company – like, if you actually want your stuff to be recycled, like, make it easier to remove the plastic like label. Like, that's sh- an example. Yeah, or make the shipping label, like, Recyclable. not covered in plastic. Like, yeah, make a different yeah. material. Yeah, and I think that, like, part of that is going back to the regulations or whatever. So, like, one of my other bullets on here was, like, I just feel like that there needs to be a lot more government regulation of these things. Because these corporations are not going to do it until someone's forcing them to, like... I hate when people are like, oh, let the invisible hand do its thing. Like, we don't need intervention. I'm like, well, clearly the invisible hand is not doing its thing because all of these things still exist. Um, And, yeah, I also have a lot of opinions about, like, takeout boxes because I feel like, you know, growing up, like, when you used to get takeout, like, do you remember those, like, tinfoil ones? And they still use them at some places where it's, like, tinfoil and then there's cardboard on the top and it's a circle and you, like... Usually I get them at, the like, top. Chinese restaurants. Yeah, but I feel like now, like, and and I understand absolutely the reasoning for it because they're, like, cleaner and easier to use. There's been a real shift toward, like, the, the plastic ones that have, like, the black bottom and the clear lid. Um, but the black bottom plastic containers are not recyclable really yeah and it's because of the black plastic and i don't know like i don't know what the rules around that are but i'm just like they make white bottom 
plastic containers like that and those are recyclable and i'm like well, wouldn't it just be so much easier if we just like made everyone switch to those like like that seems like an easy government mandate to put through that it's like a quick win for everyone and the cost of buying those is probably the same for all of these yeah. companies or like the cost of making them is probably about the same and it's like would make a huge difference um yeah i agree it seems like there's simple things that can be done yeah well and i just like am of the mindset now that i'm like you shouldn't be making packaging that can't be recycled yeah either biodegradable or recycled like at this point in time like we it's completely irresponsible yeah it's definitely if you can make it at well if you can make it at the same price and the same quality then i don't see why anyone wouldn't do it so well, let's just, only, let's assume uh, yeah. it is more either more expensive or the quality isn't as good. Yeah. So for instance, like uh, cardboard, not cardboard, paper straws. Yeah. Like, like I have friends who don't like them compared to plastic because yeah. you know they're not as as they get soggy. Like I yeah, get it. whatever. The the thing I'll say though is I feel like a lot of the times like oh they can't be made. Uh, like so quality aside like let's say like quality is the same oh they can't be made for as cheap but I'm like that's because like this is a new thing that we're shifting to and you haven't spent years and years and years and years refining this process and building the economies of scale and like getting the cost lower 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 I'm like eventually you will do that over time but you need someone to force the switch right like so you're saying it's like invisible hands not gonna work because you need that there's no incentive to, to make that initial switch. And then once you do, like, you will obviously figure out how to engineer things. Like, I, I think that there are engineers. I have a lot of faith in engineers. <laughs> I think that there are people that can engineer and solve these problems. And, like, all they all they need is, like, the impetus to do so. Yeah. I agree. Um, like, let's say hypothetically, like, the government is going to pay to help, like, start this, like, innovation. Like, to... figure out what, how we get it to be at, at P, like, pair price. Yeah. The pay. only argument I could see against it is if, like, the government or, like, the public thinks that other services or areas are a higher priority. Like, they have so much money to spend Yeah. on different services. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that comes down to how people vote, too, right? Like, ultimately, to me, I'm just, like, to me, like my two most important things that I care about are obviously, like, feminism and equal rights, um, which are actually the same thing, uh, and, um, and, like, the environment. So, to me, I'm, like, paramount on any government's, like, list of to-do items, like, at the top should be, like social justice and the environment and like they're also like related topics because like if we continue like down the environmental path that we are on this environmental crisis will impact the poorer nations of this world so it does become like a social justice and class issue as well yeah yeah that's just how i feel i i agree yeah do you have it do you have any others i so takeout boxes recycling oh and then like i just think that like we should like talked a little bit about corporations but i just think that like overall corporations should have to bear more of the brunt that they like of the impacts that they uh 
what's the word that I want to use? The impacts that, like, they have on the world, basically. And, like, from a, from a product, like, a, an environmental standpoint, but also I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of talk around, like, charities. And, like, one of your questions was relating to, like, causes and charities and stuff yeah and like i am a little bit i'm not a little bit of the mindset i am like of this mindset and it might seem radical but i'm like like if we just had a uh civic system or like if we had a government that worked like there wouldn't be need for charity in like at least domestically like i could totally understand why we're like oh we need to help the people of these other places out but i'm like if we were doing a good job at like properly redistributing money and income and resources then like we would live in a place where we don't need to have charities for people that live in canada because it's like okay like like if we're redistributing wealth in the right way yeah like people like can Charities are filling voids that the government exactly isn't fully like, addressing. Exactly, exactly. So I just think that like corporations talk a lot about corporate social responsibility, and to me, corporate social responsibility seems like a marketing tactic um, to you know pay some extra money back, but where you know, we could really get more money to solve all of these problems would be if corporations paid higher corporate tax rates. And so to me, it's like, oh, they could either, let's just like, I'm making up numbers. I don't know what the corporate tax rate is in Ontario. But let's just say like... Whatever it is. Yeah, let's just say like in an ideal circumstance, the corporate tax rate would be 20%. But, you know, all of the corporations have banded together and they've lobbied and they've got it down to 18%. So what that means is that they now actually have another 2% of money that they can throw around as CSR money instead um, and use that to also make themselves look good. Whereas, like, if they actually were good... They would just give that 2% of money to the government to, like, distribute to the right campaigns uh, or, like, to the right the, the right people. And then, like, what that also, like, also what this statement that I'm making is, is, like, meaning that you fully trust your government to redistribute things well. So that's, like, why people actually need to go out and vote um, and, you know, make sure that their governments are doing the right job. That's okay. Um but yeah, but you know, if we be- if we all are civically involved and believe in our governments, then there should not be a need for CSR. That's interesting. And like the other thing too, it's like okay, going back to the twenty percent and eighteen percent thing. Like what it actually means is like none of these organizations are actually going to spend that full other two percent that right. they might have put into corporate tax. They're going to spend like half of a percent, but that's still like a huge sum of money. And to the average person, when they hear uh, an ad from some company uh, saying that they've given X amount of money to a certain cause and everyone's like oh well isn't that nice that they're doing that and it's like well actually you could have gotten four times that amount of money to go to people that need it but like they they positioned it this way instead yeah no it's yeah it's interesting how like people 
can easily get confused about like how much money is actually being given it's actually at stake and like i think it's like going back to like what i'm like i don't know what the corporate tax rates are and i'm like i probably should if this is something if this is an opinion and something that i care about yeah this is this is not the same but similar i i saw like a poll in the states about it asked americans uh if the u.s is like giving too much money away in foreign aid right and i'm gonna get it wrong but i think it was the majority of people said like they were okay but then they asked them how like what percentage of the budget should go to foreign aid and the average answer was like 10% for instance but they're actually only giving like 1%. So people yeah. just that's just people that have no concept of like how much money goes to things. Right. And I'm like if you're get, like if you think about it for even like longer than like they're obviously just getting the survey and thinking about it at face value but I'm like if you think about it like the American government isn't spending t- even 10% of their budget on healthcare. Yeah. And like you know like yeah. if they thought about it for a little longer, like they would realize that ten percent is like super high, or like yes. whatever the number was. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, we can wrap up soon. I don't know if you want to talk about the universal basic income one at all. I mean, related, right? Like if we go back to like the the corporate tax thing, like you could support programs like that if wealth was being redistributed properly. Yeah, I had. So I did an episode with a friend on, like, what should be considered basic necessities okay. in the world. So, like, we talked about, like, if internet should be considered a basic necessity, like, what should be included in yeah, that Yeah, like, what are traditionally what's needed it's, for survival now? Yeah, traditionally it was, like, food, clothing, shelter, but it feels like it's been expanded. Yeah, um, and, like, if Wi-Fi should be, like, free. Right. So anyways, and we all lose our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I bring it up, the reason I bring it up is universal basic income. It feels like a similar thing to me where like like I don't know what the right amount is. Yeah. Um, and like if it should vary based on where you are living or if it should be like, well, we can't just like incent everyone to live in expensive cities or like, yeah, like where do you, where do you draw the line on that? I mean, I feel like that is truly the work of like someone that studies and works in policy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have a friend who like works for the government of Ontario. If you want to have her on, but she wouldn't be able to say that she's from there if you had her on, but she would just have better opinions on all these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, also, like, yeah, it's interesting. Where do you draw the line on, like, what is needed for survival anymore? I don't know. I don't know what's necessary for survival. I feel like, you know, food, clothing, shelter. But it's, like, yeah, you do need the internet. Like, if you are hoping to get a job and, like, all of these, like, everything is online now. So I do feel like you need internet. Whether that means we all get fired and Wi-Fi is free from the government or um, if people get subsidized by the government might be a better way to make sure that the industry is still competitive and keeping up with, like, the latest technology. Because, you know, sometimes when things get taken over by the government, they can be bureaucratic. But I also, like, I don't know if we should just accept the notion that governments need to be bureaucratic or if we should actually be trying to, like, reimagine what our governments are like and if they can actually function in a more, like, fast-paced way. 
I don't know. Um, do you know GDP? Does it represent like pr- like it's the, income okay. or output? I don't know. Where I was going with this, I wanted to see like if you take the total like output of the world. And if you divided year, it by the population. If you divided it evenly, like, how much does it come out to? Not that, like... Per person, yeah. We should do that, but I'm just... Cause yeah, and, like, when people talk... Like, also, like, when I'm talking about, like, oh, like, we should redistribute wealth in a way that's, like, whatever. Like, I'm not saying that everyone, that like, that I'm a communist and that everyone should have the same income. Like, I there still should be, like, rewards for uh, pursuing things that are, like inherently more difficult or like you know there are things that like society does value more like all those things but like i don't think that the incentive should be so stark or it should be so steep um and i think that like everyone should be able to live with dignity and i don't see that happening right now yeah so the math says if you divided it by the world population, yeah, it would be like eleven thousand dollars U.S. per person per year. Okay, um, what's the cost of living everywhere? Well, I think in in most developing countries, it's like way way less. Yeah, but then like obviously, I guess if everyone is making more money, the cost of living would go up. True. Um, yeah, I don't know. Economics was not one of my strong suits. That was a little less than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I would have expected it to be, like, 40 or 50 grand, to be honest. So, I'm like, I think about how many billionaires tried to save Notre Dame, like, the day after it burned down. <laughs> I'm like, surely we can solve some other problems with this money then. Like, listen, I'm not discrediting the uh, uh, cultural and artistic significance of Notre Dame, but, like, probably the planet first, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm just looking up what percentage of people live on less than a dollar a day. I The point I was trying to get to with this is, like, you don't need, like, a communism. Money, yeah. You don't need communism. You can have, like, you can have people still getting rewarded for yeah. contributing more. And rewards can look different, too, I think is the other thing that people don't really take into mind like i'm just like if you are making like let's say you're an actor i'm like do you really need to be making more than like five hundred thousand dollars a year like probably not so like at that point can your rewards not just be like better opportunities to like act in projects that you want to act in or like that you won an award or that you were on the cover of something and like everyone knows you and you're a household name like can we not put like stock and value into other things other than just like cold hard cash and how many private islands you own like no, we, we can yeah. we should uh like what came up on this other episode was i think it's forbes now like they used to always publish like world's richest people yeah now they also publish like world's most giving people or like most philanthropic yeah. so like people like competition now you have something else to like compete, compete for that's like good which yeah. i think is good like that natural trend to where like achievement based like rewards that are uh, that are not just money yeah. like uh, like money isn't the only way to, like the only metric of achievement yeah cuz to yeah. your point like you know like the world's richest people who have tens of billions of dollars like they have more money than they could ever spend also, it's not about the money also half of them were probably born with half of that yeah, money yeah that's a different <laughs> thing that's a different thing but like yeah like where i was going with that is 
they have more money they they can spend. The reason they're accumulating this is oftentimes just to dividends. Be like that, <laughs> yeah, be at the top of this like list. So yeah. you can create to your point, you can create different things to like work towards. Yeah. Or just like like I think that we all need to question our level of fulfillment that comes from money after a certain point. Like like isn't like literally every movie or like everything ever that's like it's not about the money man like it's about the love for the the craft and i'm like okay so like that applies in like all of these things but in practice people don't actually like follow through on that yeah. and i just think that like we all need to talk our talk or walk our walk a little bit more on that front because i'm like yeah, there's no reason i can't think of a reason why anyone would need to take home like i'm saying after taxes more than like 500 grand a year yeah no, like i, I can't think of a reason i mean like they like there's... that's a that's a very very posh life to like take home 500 grand a year like, you could pay off a very nice house in, like, a couple of years. You could, like, like go I'm, on vacation. You don't have to convince yeah. me. Like, I like looking at data and, like, there's a few big studies from, like, Harvard and, like, mm-hmm. some big schools on the correlation between income and, and happiness. And happiness, and it maxes out at a certain point. Yeah, it's, like, 75K. Yeah. Diminishing returns. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, more money, more problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say yeah mo money mo problems yeah okay it's six o'clock yeah it's a good time i, I shan't keep you any longer no, no, no i don't want to keep you <laughs> thanks for listening podcast yeah, listeners do they have a name yet no what's the, the name of the podcast again can i ask you a question um questioners okay. Sh- questioners uh existential crises <laughs> uh what what else could they be called Quizzicals, um, curiosities. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> something, something to think about. Yeah, that's that's another question that you could. That could be one of your questions for the <laughs> podcast. The next guest that you have on should, what should be the what should the be the name, name of the podcast. And it's just a whiteboarding session that no <laughs> one listening can see. We'll see. Okay, how do you close out? Like this, we just turn it off. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.